So let's, I have an opening scripture for you. Let's, let's just keep standing. And it's found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. There it is. Daniel, you're amazing. Daniel Emery is the best ever, right? And by the way, sitting here in the front row with me is my wife, Kitty. My son, Griffin, Pastor Griffin over Kids Ministry. And my son, Cameron, right over here. So here's the scripture. Are you tired? <laughs> Worn out? Burned out on religion? Boy, that'll preach. Come to me. Now, these are the words of Jesus. In the message translation, they're not in red, but in New Kings and a lot of the other translations, they're in red. These are the words of Jesus, right? Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. You are never supposed to do this alone. I've been there. I've done that. It is pressure-filled and stress-filled, and you never know when you've done enough. You never know really when you're successful. You never know when you've completed your task. Why? Because you're doing it on your own efforts. Listen to what this says. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't that fantastic? I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Say that. Keep company with me. That's Jesus' words to us. If, if you want a title for this message, keep company with him. Keep company with him. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wow. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this word, Lord. We set ourselves in this place today to be liberated, to be delivered, to be set free, and to be taken to a whole nother level. Father, I thank you that you're taking us from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I pray for every person here that's been depressed and despondent and weighed down by the burdens of life. I pray they get a shot in the soul of your joy, joy to strengthen them to overflowing, God. I come against every bit of fear and anxiety that has been robbing you of victory. And I thank you, Father, that the perfect love of God right now will cast out all fear out of every single person in this place, Lord God. I declare prosperity over you. I declare healing over you. I declare deliverance over you. You receive God's best now in Jesus' name. Now, do you agree with that? Give a big shout to Jesus and have a seat. You may be seated. <clears throat> Interesting statistic that says health insurer Sigma took a nationwide survey of 20,000 adults and found out that 54% of them feel like no one knows them really well. 40% said they lack companionship, their relationships aren't meaningful, and they feel isolated from others. Now, you think in this world of Instagram, of Twitter, of Twitch, you just found out about Twitch, aren't I cool? <laughs> of YouTube and Vimeo and all this kind of stuff that we would be super connected. Oh, no. In fact, those people that are chronically addicted to social media feel lonelier. Even though they're FaceTiming and they're doing all this, they feel more isolated than those of us that have a life. Oh, did I say that? Yeah. But what's even more devastating for the Christian is isolation from God. Yeah. 
is that feeling that you've gone through life for whatever reason, you feel you've drifted. You feel like you've pulled yourself apart. You feel like maybe God is a million miles away. And you ask yourself, where did this happen? When did it happen? How did it happen? We're going to go over several of the reasons today, and we're also going to give you a way to get back with God, to get reconnected to the vine. So when the Bible says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you're going to ask whatever you want, not what God wants. That'll shake up your religion. Why, why is that? Why did he say, it's whatever you want and it shall be done unto you? Because if God's words are in you, you're going to ask what God wants. And you're going to have the perfect will of God for your life and be victorious in every area. So how do we disconnect from God? It's found in these passages right here in Mark chapter 4. Verses 17 through 20. Verse 17 says, talking about Christians, they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when what? Tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, tribulation could mean anything. It could mean you getting laid off. It could mean a death in the family. It could mean a relationship that, that went bad. You know, a lot of people come to Las Vegas, they got these big dreams. All of a sudden, those dreams, they just go right down in the dumper and they don't end up where they should end up, right? It could be all, sickness, disease, a bad report, whatever. And then it talks about persecution. I'm sorry, Americans, we don't get persecuted a whole bunch. In fact, I want a show of hands of someone that went out and shared your faith with someone or went ahead and laid hands on a sick person and you got persecuted for it this past week. I don't see one hand. I'm not trying to be condemning because <laughs> I don't recall myself doing it either. But we have people, Christians in other countries that are getting flogged and burned and tortured for their faith. We don't really have persecution here. However, Sometimes your relatives will push back against you. I remember when I first came to the Lord, my mother thought I'd joined a cult. Now, I came across kind of crazy. I came across to the point where when I looked at her after I first got born again, I looked her out of, at, at, right in the eyes, and I said, you come out of her, Satan. <laughs> it didn't go over well. Because she ran, the ran through the house saying, he called me Satan, he called me Satan, he called me Satan. I went, wait a minute, let me look at the, how does that work again? So when we're young Christians, we kind of do things, not according to the playbook, right? But it's all good, right? But we don't, we don't have that kind of thing. Now look at the rest of this. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. What does that mean? Busyness, stress, Vegas distractions, although they're not sinful. My Lord, you can go down and we did. We went to Italy and we blew four hours looking at salami. We went down there and the food wasn't even that good. I'm sorry if you work at Italy. Maybe we just didn't get, we didn't get the pizza. We, we, we ordered the pasta. We couldn't even find a place to sit down. And we spent three hours, you know, walking. Because my friends had recommended, well, you go to Italy. It's like going to Italy. No, it is not like going to Italy. No, not even close. 
But so, that's, that's what our town, we love our town. We love our town. We love Las Vegas. Lots of fun things to do. But you have to, you have to sort of take stock in yourself and you say, you know what? I need to back up. I need to get a loan from God. That's what denying the flesh is all about and taking up your cross. It, taking up your cross is not bearing that sickness and disease. It really isn't. It's putting the size that w- the things aside that we like to do and taking up the things that God wants us to do. It's, it's really taking on his desires for our life. And all of a sudden, when we spend time with him, we just go, oh God, I just love the things that you love. It's the unforced rhythms of grace. Say that, unforced rhythms of grace. I think it's good for you to read good books. You know, there's lots of good books, nonfiction, fiction, New York Times bestseller, but it's time for us to pick up the good book. And sometimes that's, there's things that get in our way. Now, you're going to hear a lot about planting and reaping and sowing today, but I thought it was so wonderful because I got this plant or this tree in our backyard. My wife knows about this. And a week ago, it was dying. I'm telling you, it was brown leaves. We've never liked this tree. It's never done what it was told. We have done everything with this tree. And we go out in that backyard and we got trees in all the other neighborhoods and they look so good. And this tree looks like, you know what a Charlie Brown tree looks like? But it's not Christmas, it's June. And so we go out and we look at this, oh. So I decided last week to water it. Boy, do I have a green thumb. Isn't that amazing? One week later, it's got green leaves all over it. One week. Now watch this. John chapter 15, verses four, five, and seven. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine, you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. As you spend time with God, as you stay connected to the vine, you're not going to have to force yourself to have a good disposition. You're not going to have to force yourself to be nice to your kids. You're, you're not going to have to force yourself to stop kicking the cat. I promise I wouldn't do any cat jokes. I'm sorry for the cat lovers. I Dial that back. And then he says, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, Then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. What is this saying? It's saying your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to the Lord. And as you live in union with him as your source, fruitfulness will naturally stream from you. This won't be a forced thing. This will be a grace-filled thing. We'll actually wake up with a smile on our face. Why is that? Because the night before, instead of watching some stupid Netflix movie, We just dusted off the cobwebs from the family Bible or wherever you do, or your iPad or your phone, whatever it may be. And you just said, you know, I'm going to spend like 10 minutes. Guess what? Your dreams throughout the night are going to change when you close your night with the word of God. Guarantee it. It always happens that way. But if you live in life, union with me and my words live powerfully within you. This is what Bill Johnson said, who I greatly admire. He says, Got that up, guys? Got that slide? Royalty is my identity. Oh, Daniel Emery, I love you. (laughs) Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. 
Intimacy with God is my life source. Now, that's the, that's the attitude we all have. Our inheritance is our royalty. We are a child of the king. We are a son of the most high God. We are above only and not beneath. We are more than conquerors. Jesus has put the enemy under our feet. Therefore, everything that he defeated, we defeated in him because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? But servanthood is my assignment. So it's got to, you got to have that royalty mentality, but you got to rule with the heart of a servant. And sometimes we don't do enough foot washing. I'm not talking about literally pulling someone's shoes and socks off. Although you can do that, I'm not going to be a party to it. But if you want to pull and start washing someone's feet, it's okay. I'm talking about in a figurative sense where you'll say, I'm going to put your needs ahead of mine. I'm going to put your cares ahead of mine. I'm going to put your finances ahead of mine. I'm going to put your children in the heads of mine. Oh, that doesn't make sense at all. No, a lot of stuff with God doesn't make sense here but it makes heavenly sense. And that's when your children, your own children will turn out good. That's when you get a new spring in your step. And that's when you'll see prosperity like you've never known before. I'm just telling you. So why do we need intimacy with God? It's because of stinking thinking. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That word transform literally means metamorphosis. And we get that, the caterpillar transforming right into the butterfly. When you get into the presence of God, guess what happens? You get transformed. You get cleansed. You get washed. You get turned inside out so that when you emerge from that, you'll be like Jesus almost on the Mount of Transfiguration where you glow with the presence of God. That's really where that word is used and transformed. So what happens when you start spending time with God? You start thinking like God. I didn't think we're supposed to think like God. It says, you have the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2.16. that says that. We have the mind of Christ. You'll start talking like God. We should be talking like God. If you spend some time with someone over a period of time, you will start talking like them, and I will prove it. My wife and I are about to celebrate our 40th anniversary. That's an easy applause line. I know. I got married when I was five. That's not a joke. But over the period of time, we just kind of picked up each other's habits, right? So when I, go into a, when I went to a living room before I got married, I would sit on a couch. Now I go in and I sit on a sofa because she says, sofa, I don't say couch anymore. How many sofa sitters do we have here? How many couch sitters do we have here? Oh, thank you. Turn around. <laughs> Take a look. I knew I'd win that one. I'm going back to couch. Here's another example. So I have an Aunt Minnie, Aunt Vic. I marry her, aunt. Who talks like that? Unless you're on Masterpiece Theater, right? Or Downton Abbey or something. Now, I will not say aunt. I will not say aunt. But 
we pick up each other's, and I, she's not going to admit to it, but she starts acting like me. I'm, no, no, she does. No one acts like me. <laughs> but we pick up each other's habits. We pick up each other's lingos. After you've been around someone enough, you start talking like them. And when you're around God, you start talking like God. Now, now, now why is that so important? You're going to say, instead of that, when you get that pink slip, you're going to say, but my God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you get that doctor's diagnosis and they say, I'm sorry, sir, it it came out positive. You say, but my Lord Jesus bore all of my sicknesses and carried my pains and by his stripes I was healed and he forgives all of my iniquities and he he heals all of my diseases. When your child will not come home until 3 a.m. and they're 10 years old and they're out with a crowd that you don't even know who they're hanging with, you're gonna say, but all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. When those people are knocking down your house trying to steal your house, you're going to say, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's talking like God. It's very simple. It's just quoting the scriptures and talking like God. Look at this. I don't know if you guys have this. Revelation plus impartation equals transformation. They don't have That's okay. You could write that down, though. Revelation plus impartation. Oh, How'd you do that? Gifts of the Spirit. (laughs) Mind meld, something. Revelation plus impartation equals transformation. When you get a revelation of God's Word and you let it be plugged in, imparted into your heart, you'll get transformed. You'll get changed. You'll be a different person. All right. Here's five ways to come back to God. Five ways in the closing moments. That doesn't mean keyboards come up, though. Number one, number one. Return to him. Awesome. What does return to him mean? It literally just means the old term for it was repent. Repent. In Job chapter 22, it says this. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Before I got saved, I thought, I've got to get this sin in my life or God will never accept me. I've got to get my act together. I've got to quit cussing. I've got to quit looking at this or I'm just forget it. God wouldn't have anything to do with me. No, he says, come to me first and I'll handle your sin. Come to me first and I'll handle your addiction. Come to me first and I'll handle everything that's been beating you down. Isn't that good news? If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. There's prosperity in there. For then you will have your delight in the Lord and lift up your face to God. Now listen to this. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you and you will pay your vows. And what does it mean to return to God? It means if you're going in this direction, turn around. Go in this direction. Yes, you know, if you feel like you've got to beat your chest and cry your eyes out and come to the altar and shed tears for an hour or two, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of making fun of that because I'm saying if you want to do that, that's okay. That's very emotional. But you don't have to. All you have to do is make a quality decision that once you go in this direction, you're going to turn in and go in this direction, and you're going to say to the devil, sin shall not have dominion over me. So what? It won't. That's, that's a promise from God's word. Number two, number two, you need to receive his word. Receive his word. Now, superheroes, I love superheroes. 
My son's got me on the Avengers. So end game, I've been binge watching Captain America. I mean, it's pathetic. Pray for me. Here I'm preaching to divest yourself from the world and I confess that I'm a Captain America fan. But, and, but some of these superheroes I don't like. Superman, yeah. Although growing up, Superman was great. Wonder Woman, that, that movie was really good, right? But I will tell you, the best superhero of all time. Don't laugh. I watched this guy all the time growing up. Popeye. You don't like spinach? All right, Daniel, go ahead and play that clip. I proved my point. Now, why did I bring up spinach? That Bible is your spinach. You eat that Bible, there's no enemy in hell that can defeat you. There's no sickness, there's no disease. There's no lack that can defeat the child of God when you take that word of God and you digest it. But you're the one that has to digest it. You're the one that's gonna have to take the can, take the word, and fill your heart with it. And God's not gonna do it on, on, he's not gonna do it for you. He's not gonna shove it down your throat. You're the one that has to do it, amen? amen. Now, I, real fast. These scriptures aren't there, so Daniel, don't freak out. If you need healing, Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. If you have sin in your life, Psalm 119, verse 11, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you need comfort, Psalm 119, verse 50, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. If you need direction, Psalm 119, 105, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. If you need joy, Jeremiah 15, 16, your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. If you need prosperity and success, Joshua 1, 8, never stop reciting these teachings or these words. You must think about them night and day so that you will faithfully do everything written in them. Only then you will prosper and succeed. That's just a little nibble. So number two, receive his word. Number three, talk to him. Talk to him. Briefly, we said, if you, the, the, the scripture we had earlier, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You ought to have daily talks with God. No, you ought to have minute by minute talks with God. You know, it says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. And, and, and it literally the Bible over and over says, we ought to be praying about everything and at all times, pray at all times, pray without ceasing. You know, that scripture in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing, right? Well, how do we do that? You talk to him like your friend. If you had your best friend in the car with you, you had your best friend in the shower with you, I'd take that out of the recording, actually. 
Yeah, dial it back. <laughs> if you had the person that you love the most, right? What, what would your attitude be with that person? How would you react to that person? How would you feel about that person? You would talk to that person. You would let them know your innermost thoughts and feelings. You would be transparent with that person. You know, sometimes we kind of maybe a little bit go off the cliff when we're, we're, we're and I, I'm a word of faith guy and we need to confess the word, but sometimes, you know what, you just need to go to God and say, God, I'm a mess. Now, don't keep focusing on the mess part. Don't don't center on the mess. Don't remain in the mess. Remain in him, and he'll take your hot mess into a cold victory. So don't, don't just stick around in that mess part. Amen? All right, number four. Number four, worship him. Worship him. And that, yes, that means coming to church and participating in the worship and shooting your hands to heaven and giving him thanks. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, right? That's so awesome, right? But it's more than that. It's having a heart of worship. What is a heart of worship? It's a heart of gratefulness. You're thankful for everything. I'm telling you, my wife and I have parking lot faith. I will tell you, we can go into town square. We can go into the Aria. We can go anywhere. And there is a spot waiting for us. I'm telling you, now we used to, we used to, you know, pray over parking spots. I know it sounds weird, but you're the one that goes around and around and around and around looking for a spot. We don't. But you know what? We just started thanking God for that spot as we were arriving. And then all of a sudden we'd go into one of those parking garages and we'd see the little green light. All these red lights would be on those stalls, but there'd be one green light waiting for us. Well, that's the most arrogant thing I've ever seen. It's what God wants for all of us. He doesn't want to waste your time going around and around and around. He says, be grateful for everything. Be grateful that you got to church today. Be grateful that you are married to the one you're supposed to be married to. Be grateful that your kids may not be serving the Lord right now, but they're coming in, honey. I got news for you. There's nothing in, in hell that's going to keep them out of the kingdom of God. They're on their way. Amen. And finally, number five, connect to his body. Connect to the body of Christ. Verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I like this line. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I often wondered why they compare the righteous to a palm tree. You know what the symbol of a palm? You know, we hear Palm Sunday and they wave palms in Jesus when he, came, when he, when he entered in, uh, you know, victoriously. But what does a palm really mean? I looked this up, it's amazing. In Christian art symbols, the Christian martyrs were shown holding palms representing the victory of the spirit over the flesh. When you come to church, when you get yourself plugged into groups, 
every single time this door, as is humanly possible, we all got stuff we gotta do. We got Little League and we got soccer and we got, we stayed late at our jobs and whatever. But as humanly possible, every single time that door is open, you should be here. Every single time there's a group that you can join, you ought to join that group. You need to stay connected. We need each other. I need you. I need to spend more time with you. <laughs> okay, how about you need to spend more time with me? That didn't help. The point is that God has a place of victory for us, and it's in the body of Christ. It's a place where we stay connected, and we will thrive, we will prosper, we will go to the next level. We will see those prayers answered that we've been praying for years. And that's the perfect will of God for us. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for this time. I, I just pray, Lord God, that the imparted word would be planted in our souls and that we would be transformed. We would be changed, God. We, we make it our destiny, our purpose, our plan to return to you, to receive your word, start talking to you more, God, to have a heart of gratefulness and to be con more connected to our brothers and sisters. God, I just pray that this word would come alive in my heart and the hearts of everyone listening. God, I thank you that you still have a great purpose and plan for our lives. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming to the 930 and hearing me preach.